0: Y'all sound great today. Thank you. It's a great reminder that we don't show up to sit and get, that we get to worship. That's why we come together, whether we're in the room or we're online, that we get to be a part of this. This isn't something being done to us it is us together, so grateful that you are here. want to let you all know about a new group that has started. It actually started this past Wednesday night at 7 o'clock as part of our community care night. It's called Loved Ones Together. It is a group for loved ones of those in either active addiction or in active recovery. That could be through chemicals, alcohol, drugs. It could be sex addiction as well. We just want you to know that we know that though you may be quiet about what you're going through, that we know you need a space to come and share with others going through similar circumstances. That group meets in room 174. Come have, sorry, come have lunch. We don't prepare lunch, but you can come for dinner. Come for dinner at 5.30 to 6.30. On Wednesday evenings, we've got a brief worship service for 30 minutes, and then we break into groups, and we would love for you to be a part of that if that is part of your experience. You are not alone. We are walking with you, and God is as well. I want to tell a story, and for some of you all, the story is going to immediately sound familiar. Others of you, it may take a while And then others of you are like, I'm not sure what she's going to be talking about. But hang on. There's a point to it. There once was a train. Don't you love this? There once was a train. There once was a train with cars of kids stuff that needed to get over the mountain and the train that was taken some of y'all are already giggling because you know how this goes this is a telling of the story it's not a direct quote for those who know the story and so the train the wheels couldn't make it over the mountain so they needed another engine to take the train over the mountain and and the the nice shiny train shows up and they say, "Will you take us over the mountain?" And he's like, "No, I'm too good for you. I take good big shiny things over the mountain." And then the next train comes through and it is a very strong engine. And then there the, the cars are full of stuff. The kid stuff was like, "Will you take us over?" No, I I am too important to take you over the mountain. And then there was the train that showed up that was old and tired. Anyone resembling any of the trains at this point? And that train was like, I'd love to, but I'm just old and tired and I can't do it. And then this little blue engine comes. And the little blue engine's like, I don't know if I can, but I'll try. And so, you know what the little blue engine said? I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. And he tried. And then, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Like, I feel like it's several decades ago when I tell this story. I can feel the the momentum of the train going up, and he makes it, and he says, I thought I could, I thought I could, I thought I could. When I think about the word and the concept of perseverance, I think about that train Of I think I can. I think I can. You see, perseverance is this, we're moving forward. We're just keeping on. It seems like a long time and we're not sure if we can get there, but we just keep on. We think we can. We think we can. We think we can. Perseverance we could attach to athletes that, that do these insurmountable things or adventurers do these insurmountable things or maybe in our own lives that for us or folks we love have done things and we're like that is amazing the perseverance to do that but what, what I want you to know is perseverance is not limited it's just not about overcoming insurmountable odds it is core to prayer it is core to prayer. There are multiple verses that talk about this. I'm gonna give you a couple. One's Romans twelve twelve says, Re- rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer. Philippians six eighteen says, Pray in the spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. To that end keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all saints. The concept, the practice of persevering in prayer is part of the core of praying. We have spent August focusing on prayer, and what I want you to know is it's not over. Just because August is going to be over in a couple of days, it's not like we're done praying. Okay, what's next? It's not how we roll. It is a part of who we are. We've defined that prayer is about this language that God gave us to communicate with our Creator. If you think you're not good enough to pray, that's just not true. That's a false narrative. The truth is our God created each and every one of us to pray. And we could do it privately, and we could do publicly. We've got the posture of prayer is humility. And last week, we talked about the plan for prayer. And there are lots of options, but the one we specifically talked about was the Acts model of adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And now we arrive at perseverance. Perseverance. Uh, We talk about this weekly. Sometimes I always feel like it's like a product placement. But I want you all to know that part of what we believe in is we're just not telling you what to do. Like, go pray. We're saying we're going to help equip and support you to do that and to read the Bible. You've got your daily reading plan. Our new plan starts... It was upside down. It starts... On next Monday, Labor Day, it starts with our new series. We've got, an addition to the Bible reading plan, on the back for September is a 30-day prayer calendar. And each day, we've helped give you a group, a person, a thing to be praying for. So be sure to pick up your Bible reading plan with your 30-day prayer calendar. As we enter September, we're going to focus on praying for others, as we've talked about with supplication. But with perseverance, how we're going to look at perseverance today is we're going to read three scriptures, and each scripture is going to have an element of what it means to persevere in prayer what it means to just keep on praying. Even though the answers may not come quickly, they may not even come the way you desire them, but we just keep praying. We think we can. We think we can. We think we can. So our first scripture is from Luke eighteen one through 8. and this is a parable. And what a parable is, is it's a story Jesus would tell. And it would make sense to the hearers Of who he was talking to. And sometimes with the parables, they're not necessarily something within our culture that we're as familiar with. This first one talks about a judge and a widow, and you're like, Brooke, we know what a judge and a widow is. What are you talking about? But particularly with the widow, in the culture in which Jesus was teaching, in which he lived, the widow was, the culture took care of the widow. It was one of the groups that the culture was responsible for taking care of. I want to think that we do that in our culture, but not with the fervor that that culture did. So when you hear the story, it's important when we read Scripture that we understand the context in which we're reading. Also, it's going to tell us that Jesus is talking specifically to the disciples. As you read Scripture, be aware of who Jesus is talking to. This parable goes this way. Then Jesus told the disciples a parable to show them what? That they should always pray and not give up. That they should persevere. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And in that culture, the concept of fearing God would have been connected to wisdom, And there was a widow in the town. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said this, Jesus said, listen to what the unjust unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night, persevere? crying out day and night. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? When I read this, what struck me was the question at the end of that. And the question is this, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth. How's your faith doing? How's your faith? How's your faith? Sometimes it's hard to understand what's the difference between believe and faith. And so I'm going to give you an example and I'm just going to go ahead and confess to you. Science is not my strength. And I did not clear this with my engineer husband. But I'm going to attempt this very rudimentary Example, this stool here, I believe, can hold me up. Now, the non-scientific mind of mine goes, those are skinny legs. I am broad. But somehow, it's going to keep me up. That's believing. Faith is, I sit on it. I don't understand how it all works, but I have the faith that it's going to keep me up. Faith is what Hebrews 1 talks, 11 one talks about, is that faith is believing in something that we cannot see. Persevering in prayer means we need to have some faith. And it can start small, and it can start with some doubt, but we got to start by sitting on the stool. We've got to have some faith. Doubts exist. There are those of us who have prayed fervently for a loved one, for our marriages, for a child. Whether it was to be born or it was as they walked away that we were concerned about. How we've prayed for this this country, this world, and we go, but God, where are you? We have doubts. And yet we still sit on the chair. We still sit on the stool. We live as a people of faith when all the dots don't connect. Because our God can connect the dots. We just don't always get the full picture. But persevering in faith is we keep on praying day and night. We keep on calling out to our God. That is the first element in persevering in prayer. The first element in persevering in prayer is faith. When the Son of God returns, will there be faith on earth Will there be faith? Is there faith in our own lives? For some of us, we got to stop looking at the stool and saying, Yeah, I believe. And we need to sit and live in faith. That is the first element of persevering in prayer. The second element comes to us in another parable, another story that Jesus tells. And there are two, two. People in this parable, one of them is a Pharisee, which is a great word that we may hear in church or read in Scripture, and it may be that word we just kind of skip over and go, yeah, I'm not really sure what they're talking about there, but that's okay, I'll just keep reading. A Pharisee was a person during Jesus' time who was faithful to the Jewish law and tradition. They did everything that they were supposed to, they kept to the letter of the law. And the tax collector is going to be in this story. And the tax collector was the worst of the worst. I love in scripture, it will say sinners and tax collectors. They were their own special category. I want you to think about who do we think are the worst of the worst in our culture? Who is it in your own life that you think, oh, those people, I don't know about them. They're the worst of the worst. That would be the tax collector. So we're going to continue on in Luke 18, and we're going to start with the ninth verse. And we are going to read the story about the Pharisee and the tax collector. And this is, who Jesus, before the first one, Jesus is talking to the disciples. In this one, he's talking, as he says, to some, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else. Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people." Anybody ever done that? I am so glad I'm not like those people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like the tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Two weeks ago, we focused on the posture of prayer as humility, And yet, when I read that parable, it reminds me how the perseverance of prayer requires humility. See, the Pharisee was like, look at me, look at what I have done. I have checked all the boxes. And the tax collector came and knowing that he was a sinner said, God have mercy on me. So, which one are you? Are you the Pharisee? This is what the Pharisee looks like today. It's, I go to church on Sunday mornings. I go to Sunday school. I give money. I'm involved in a Sunday school. I read my Bible. I pray. And we check all the boxes, but it's about doing things. It is missing the part that at that core, we do those things because we are sinners needing God's grace. Are you a Pharisee? Are you a tax collector? Because to persevere in prayer, we need to know that we are desperate for God's mercy, that we need Him. And God is enough. It's about being right size, that we persevere, that we pray day in and day out in faith and humility See, one of the challenges about praying is at times we pray within the context of what we can do. And so it's about us. It's not about God. And if we talked before, a relationship with God is not a relationship of equality. It is inequality because we need a God who is our master and we are the servant. So the second element in persevering in prayer is humility. Faith, humility. And the third element, we're going to read in Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11. And it's going to give us some directions about how to persevere in prayer. to those who ask him. We're parents, we're grandparents, we're aunts, we're uncles, we're mentors. We have those people in our lives, kids in our lives, that when they ask us something, we're not going to give them something to harm them. See, third element, though, in prayer is this, and persevering in prayer is boldness. I'm going to ask you a question. Is your God too small? Is your God too small? I remember the first time I heard someone ask that, I was in a staff meeting where I served previously, and a staff member said, I think our God is too small. And I was like, like I was about ready to defend God. Like, no, our God is big. But what he was saying was our perspective, our willingness to lean into God, was how we saw our God is that too small. In our prayers as we persevere, are we praying, God help me? Is it all about what I can do? Have you ever prayed so boldly that like you don't know whether the answer is? But you believe that God can and will Have you ever prayed boldly? Doesn't mean it's gonna work out the way we want, but have you ever prayed boldly? I went hiking a couple of days ago and I stood before it's called the Big Poplar. It's a tree, 24 feet circumference. That's kind of big. I stood there and I looked up, like I couldn't really even see the top of it. And my friend says, We're so small. And I went, Isn't that good news? isn't that good news we are so small and our god is so big how are you persevering in prayer faithfully in humility as a family God, we surrender ourselves to you. We don't have all the answers, but God, break through in our family. Break through in our marriages. God, break through in this community of faith. God, break through in my life. Do more than I could ever imagine, Lord. I'm willing, wherever it is you lead, I'm willing to go. When's the last time you prayed boldly? Is it time to start? It's part of crying out. It is a dependence on God, not on us. It is praying, believing the stool will keep us up and we sit because we have faith. Persevering in prayer, praying, crying out to God day in and day out is that we keep doing even when we don't feel it. But we do it faithfully with humility And boldly. Where is it that you need to persevere in prayer? Where is it that you need to call out day in and day out? It's core to what we believe about prayer. Because persevering in prayer requires faith, humility, and boldness. And we start where we are. I can just imagine some of the thoughts. Well, I'm not good at this, so I'm not even going to try. Just start. Just start. Start praying. Start calling out. In August, we have offered up a prayer weekly. We start with the Lord's Prayer, then we had the Wesleyan Covenant Prayer. Last week was the St. Francis Prayer. And the fourth common prayer in our toolbox is we're adding the Serenity Prayer. You may be familiar with the Serenity Prayer. It's spoken oftentimes in the recovery community. You may know it otherwise. God grant me the serenity to accept things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That's actually just part of the prayer. The prayer comes from the 20th century. There's a belief it came from a theologian. We're just not really sure, did he actually pray it? Did he teach it to a student and they prayed it? We're not sure, but what we know is it came in the early 20th century and made its way to the recovery community in around 1940s, 1950s. And when that happened, it, it became, started becoming part of the culture of the recovery community. It's powerful. God, grant me, not Brooke, grant yourself. I get courage and acceptance and wisdom from God not out of me. God, grant me. God, grant me. And it goes on. And if y'all know Bill, who is one of our custodians, I'd love to ask him, Bill, how are you doing? And he'll say, I'm reasonably happy. That is directly from the serenity prayer. Because it says that we want to be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy in the next. Can you imagine if we were just reasonably happy? We want all out. It's a prayer that we can pray this week. That is, we consider persevering in prayer. That we consider what it means to pray faithfully in humility and with boldness. So we're going to pray the serenity prayer together. It's in your prayer, God, that you can get copies if you don't have them. Or maybe you've lost them. It's okay. we got plenty. Or you can go to concordunited.org/pray, and it is the booklet is there. The God, let us now persevere in prayer with faith, in humility, and boldness. Let us pray together. God, give us grace to accept with serenity that cannot change. Courage to change the things which should be changed, and the wisdom to distinguish one from the other, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.